Okay. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, August 14th. It's uh, Mad Will and Chris coming to you today. And on uh, this episode, we'll be discussing one of the most punishing ordeals in American politics, a grim ordeal of which uh, Matt, Chris, and myself subjected ourselves to on the last go-around for the presidential election. But for this year, we have elected to send um, some uh, cannon fodder in our place into this fiery inferno that is the Iowa State Fair. Joining us for today is from the Iowa-based Rube podcast, Rock Hard Caucus. It's our Iowa friends, Evan and Justin. That's us. Hey, thanks, Will. (laughs) Yes, sir. Appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So, uh, you know, you guys, you guys are uh, ba- based in Iowa, Iowa State Fair. Obviously, you know, it's like it brings brings the national attention to the Des Moines fairgrounds, especially during election years. You guys took in a lot of the scene there. You saw a lot of the candidates speak, and I suppose we'll begin by. Uh, just the candidate who, unfortunately, you didn't get a chance to speak because uh, uh, for scheduling issues, and I'm sure you can uh, fill us in on. But certainly the ca- candidate whose uh, presence, even when he wasn't there, cast the largest and much needed shadow over the <laughs> Iowa State Fairgrounds as he leaned forward in his signature style. I am, of course, talking about Donald J. Trump. Evan, Justin, what was, what was, the, what were the, what was the Trump feeling at the Iowa State Fair, even when he was not there? Well, the uh, every... Everyone has Trump as their number one. That's why he's 30 to 40 points ahead of any other candidate. Uh, there, are, there are weirdos decked out in MAGA gear, uh, seeing every other candidate speak. Uh, usually not heckling, but there was a bit of that. And I mean, the reason that we didn't end up seeing him is because there was like very little advance notice of what he was doing or where he was going to be. So we knew he was going to be there Saturday, but no idea when or where. It was a, a Trump secret show. You had to ask a punk. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yes. And there were plenty of Iowans who were also similarly confused and asking us because we were carrying Ron DeSantis fans that we had gotten earlier in the day. Um, so we kind of <laughs> blended in with the crowd pretty well. Um, <laughs> the best that Iowa has to offer. Uh, you could say. But yeah, there was a, a significant number of people wearing. Uh, he actually had a whole group of people wearing hats, I guess, that his campaign was giving out that said Iowa caucus back to back champs uh, 2016, <laughs> 2020. They're green. They look basically like John Deere hats, which is, I guess, appropriate for the Iowa State Fair. Uh, <laughs> so there was a significant contingent. Did it say he won the caucus? Because he, he didn't in 2016. Yeah, yeah, that's Cruz. true. Cruz won that. What the <laughs> I, fuck? I don't think it, maybe it wasn't the caucus. Maybe it was just back-to-back Iowa champ for the he electoral the, college. The general, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see the the motor, the hover scooter crumple? Did you see the, the husband and wife in the scooters with their Trump shirts on that we saw when we were there? Matt, that's, oh, like, the, that's, like, the, that's like the kitten on the Coverage. baby hang in there poster. They're almost certainly dead by now. We I saw a lot of scooters and we wish that we had one. It was very jealous. I think I said I walked like seven miles on Friday. Uh, it was very hot. It was like 90 on Friday, 86 on Saturday. Yeah, that's the only way to take in that kind of place. I mean, for the for for those of you who have not attended the Iowa State Fair, I mean, it is quite a scene. It's like the Iowa State Fairgrounds are like in the middle of Des Moines are like its own city, <laughs> and, and during the fair time, it just like it, it is thronged with people. It is just like it, it's like an anvil. It is flat and hot and hammered <laughs> by the sun. Uh, the only thing yeah. that got me through it was, of course, the the twenty seventh degree beers. Um, you guys apparently did not partake in the twenty seven degree beers, but that was the only thing that kept kept my motor running um, in, during the ordeal. But um, did you get a chance to talk to any Trump supporters, or what was just the general feel from the the Trump crowd? They feel pretty confident, I would imagine. Yeah, well, uh, I tried to get press credentials for us and we were denied. Uh, I actually said that I was with Chapo Trap House. So just so you know, <laughs> your, your name doesn't hold that much weight with the, the state fair committee. They remember you. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, we wanted to try to get some like onsite interviews with the weirdos who are like super into, you know, any of these candidates, but their time was being so monopolized by the people with the lanyards and the the big cameras. So we really only talked directly to like one MAGA guy, right? Unless you can remember any other guys, Evan. I mean, I talked to some MAGA guys, but not as an interview, but the guy that you talked to is definitely the most interesting. He was strange. Yeah. We talked to this guy. His name is Nathaniel 
And I believe he told some, he may have been lying to a lot of reporters, <laughs> including myself. Uh, but I think he said he was from New York. Like he just drives all over the country going to big events like this. And he, I talked to him right after we had seen Mike Pence speak. So my biggest question was like, how do you feel about Mike Pence as somebody who's still a diehard uh, MAGA supporter? And I don't believe that his position is the position of most of the Trump people. He was like, I don't hold anything against Mike Pence for what happened on the 6th, as he referred to it, the 6th. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he says that Mike Pence has way too much integrity to have uh, done anything to overthrow the election. And I mean, if we had had, you know, all day to talk to this guy, like, so you believe that what Trump was doing was wrong then, but you still are on board. Like it's, it's an interesting position that that guy is presenting to, to reporters. Uh, but the reason that he said he is still totally on board for Trump is because he wants to survive. He lives in his car on SSI, as he tells us anyway. Yeah, exactly. And all these other candidates are more openly talking about uh, making entitlement programs more sustainable is the euphemism, of course. Uh, so, so he would like to survive on like a fixed income and like he doesn't, he's not looking to get his social security or Medicare cut. Yeah, no. I, and yep. if I was living in my car off of SSI, I'd probably feel the same. I may not come to the conclusion that I need to uh, devote my life to Donald Trump, but uh, I guess this, well, that's where we, <laughs> hey, <differ>. you know, <laughs> it's called covering your bases, you know, like the Democrats always yeah. swear they're never going to cut social security. So, you got to make sure that you don't get a anti-social security Republican in there. Of course, the joke is if they feel they got to cut social security, it's getting cut no matter who's in charge, including yeah. Donald fucking Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you mentioned uh, Mike Pence and some of the uh, the fair goers reaction to uh, our former vice president. Now, I, I see here that um, Mike Pence had a, a charming anecdote about a cow he met on the campaign trail. Yes, um, he told us that at, at some prior event he had met a cow named Chippy, and he, <laughs> he was very excited to hopefully meet up again with Chippy at the state fair. So uh, he was, if you're a fan of Tim and Eric Awesome Show, he was playing <laughs> "Where's My Chippy" at the state yes. fair. <laughs> Chippy, I smell you back there. Come on. There's my Chippy. I'm sorry, is he five years old? Chip is burgers, dude. What are you talking about? These animals are are processed and consumed. They're not pets. Especially if their name is Chippy. Like, you know what's going to happen to to that one. Mm-hmm. He's going into Chipper. He was reunited with Chippy, though. So he actually yeah, was uh, Chippy. Well, goddamn. What the faith like, of a child is rewarded. Yeah, Chippy survived. Chippy's like the sole survivor uh, of his, his clan. <laughs> um... Uh, so like so he had met he had previously met Chippy in Iowa and then he went to the state fair and like would put like a like a misconnections on Craigslist and was like looking looking for Holstein um, it was like you know pattern looks similar to Indonesia uh, it hit me up I'm guessing someone just some uh, some rancher took pity on him and was like oh yes this is Chippy right here sir. Yeah. Yeah, sir, vice president. <laughs> or how irritating would it be if like you're some Iowa cattle rancher. And the vice president stops at your farm and says, this one, I like this one, save this one. And then you're like, well, God, now I got to keep this cow around in case the vice president <laughs> comes back through. Yeah, because I mean, there, he's going to be back through. He says that he his uh, strategy for the Iowa caucus is he's going to visit every county. We have 99 of those. Uh, every pizza ranch. We have probably two, three hundred of those. And every Casey's of which we have, I think, 550 or so. So he, you'll see him. If you live in Iowa, you're going to see Mike Pence again. He, he's doing like the 100% completion run on the Iowa caucus <laughs> yeah, video games. That's right. He's got that's the thing they love to do. Uh, campaigns that are behind love to promise. I'm going to visit every county. I'm going to suck all of your dicks personally. <laughs> I care about you fucking rubes. I'm going to I'm going to sit there and wag my head idiotically while you talk to me about corn. <laughs> I mean, like the last time we were there, you know, that strategy like it was a, it was up in the air. It's a, it, so it's like that strategy made sense. It was a contested caucus, uh, mm-hmm. particular, very pretty contested uh, last time we were there. But 
now, given where the polls are with Donald Trump, he has uh, like 30 to 40 points in front of everything. You just got to think of all the wasted man hours being put, dragging Mike Pence's ass to all 99 Iowa counties to what? Get 3% of the caucus vote in the end. I think he's topping out around what? Seven. Evan's been watching the polls more than me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's because a national poll, but I can't Mm. imagine that he's that much more popular here than, than anywhere else. Um, which is 70% is still insane. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you get a chance to see, uh, a Mike Pence on the stump, you know, pressing the flesh, pitching, pitching his campaign. Uh, what, what is Mike Pence like on the soapbox? Oh, boring as hell. (laughs) (laughs) You surprised me. Yeah. (laughs) Also, uh, it's, fucking annoying that they call it the political soapbox it's not it's just a stage it's the Actually, beginning it of was, the lies that they tell you it was governor kim reynolds of iowa we love her everyone loves her but she was giving uh fair side chats which was basically just her lobbying complete softball questions at the candidates for about 20 minutes so there right. wasn't really a whole lot to be to be gained from that um, we didn't, I don't know where he just disappeared afterwards. He's basically like a, a living ghost. I think is what I referred to <laughs> in our podcast. Uh, do you remember, I mean, like what, what was his soapbox like pitch to Iowa? Cause I mean, like they come there and they, it, it's like they, they give a, a version of their national message, but it's one that they like, they tailor certain, certain beats to the Iowa o- audience, which usually is like, uh, corn. You people love fucking corn. Don't you? Yeah. Have some more fucking corn. Here's a billion dollars to keep growing corn or not growing corn. <laughs> Whatever you people do here. But what, what was the, what was the Pence pitch? Yeah. So his biggest connection in uh, recent months to the state of Iowa is, um, there's a school district in, uh, it's called the Linmar school district. It's in a suburb of Cedar Rapids and they had a, uh, a gender policy where uh, students could reach out to members of their staff and, and, you know, tell them I want to be referred to with different pronouns than, than what you were referring to me as before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, they could do this without their parents' knowledge. And so uh, like uh, the member of Congress for that district, uh, Ashley Hinson went super hard against that and brought Mike Pence out to, uh, to lobby against that. So he was talking about that uh, with our governor on uh, Friday, how the uh, uh, students in the district could, uh, they couldn't get uh, an Advil from the school nurse without a, a parent's permission slip, but they could, they could change genders just willy nilly. <laughs> okay. Like uh, the, the next guy I want to talk about uh, from the Iowa state fair roster is a guy who I think is like of the not Trump people seems to be having his, his media moment right now, certainly like a little bit of a bump in the polls, but he seems to have uh, just a little a little juice to squeeze. And you said he was one of the one of the more interesting uh, presences at the fair. And I'm talking about Vivek Ramswamy. And like the first thing I want to talk about is that like he does seem to have a sense of showmanship about him. You said that he hired a like a colonial fife and drum style band to follow him around the Iowa State Fairgrounds, like. Uh, doing Yankee Doodle Dandy or what? Like, what, what was the what was Vivek like? He was electric. Uh, Ramaswamy Mentum <laughs> is real. <laughs> Honestly, the most charismatic politician we've seen. He is the only one who we opted he, to he's see. He's all over the place. To see twice because we feel that there's something going on there. So he did a fair side chat with our governor and then he did the Des Moines Register soapbox later that day. And um, this is kind of how we put the the Fife Band connection together, because the first time we thought it was a coincidence that this Fife Band just happened to be playing right after he finished uh, rapping Lose Yourself by Eminem, by the way. He did that on stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Fife Band played. And Which then, he has uh, done before. Yeah, I guess he was a rapper, a libertarian a, rapper in college. He was like a college he, libertarian. Devake, Devake was his name, and he there's clips of him doing the exact same thing when he was in college, which I'm sure the Harvard crowd loved. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Five Band was at the soapbox too, so we we realized, oh, he's paying for this to happen all day. He needs to be because he's trying to um, create a vibe of like 1776. He's trying to appeal to that crowd who's very into the Constitution and the American Revolution. Um, you know, maybe overcompensating for the fact that he is not a white Christian man. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think the interesting about about Vivek is that, like, you know, he, he's he's young. He's certainly kind of media savvy. And there is, like, no shortage of, like, very rich right-wing South Asian tech guys in this country. But I think yeah. the problem for him is that there are more right-wing people who think Hinduism is, like, Satan worship. <laughs> so, I mean, like, that's that's a hard circle to square for Vivek. But, like, I, I, did also, I did also read that he had bought billboards around Des Moines that just said there yeah. are two genders. That's, That's a big thing of his. He basically has like a 10 commandments that he goes through when he does his stump speech. And the first one is God is real. The second one is there are two. <laughs> How many though? How many gods are real? Yeah. That's my question. Yeah, that's so an interesting he, one. I guess there are, I don't know a lot about Hinduism, but there are, you know, sects of Hinduism that, that push a more monotheistic uh, belief system. And he claims that he's that one. In order to okay. to um, make it's, make clear that I do share your values, such as having believing in one singular God, <laughs> which is a phrase a yeah, phrase yeah. that he did use. One singular God. Jesus is an avatar of Ganesh. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> that does seem like a very difficult prop- proposition to, as part of your campaign for president, also convince a broad swath of the Republican electorate that Hinduism and Christianity are basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, well, he's saying all the other right stuff, though. Like one of the Ten Commandments is <laughs> the Ten Commandments of Vivek uh, is yeah. uh, reverse racism is racism. So I think the appeal of a, a brown man saying that is like mm-hmm. they do love to hear that. Powerful. Stuff. That's a powerful appeal to a lot of the folks out there. Yeah, Larry Elder is doing the same kind of line too. I mean, like obviously, like you know, this is you know, it's going to be sort of variations on a theme for any of these Republican candidates, and like the war on woke. Um, the, yep. the woke mind virus is 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 their main obsession. But it seems like Vivek did that thing way better than Ron DeSantis, who is now having to rebrand. But I, I did just notice that Vivek is also pivoting because, you know, like uh, he had like all his merch had some shit about like stop the woke or whatever. And he's just replaced that with hats that say truth. Truth now. So he's I think he's trying to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like, I mean, do you think that you do you feel that like these are that these Republican candidates are sort of taking a lesson from like DeSantis eating shit and trying to sort of soft pedal this woke stuff or, or like or just find a different way to talk about it that doesn't seem like they are the weird woke thing that they're complaining about, you know, like just by bringing up these issues so often that people don't want to hear about or seem weird like that. They're, they're trying to find like a new way to. To pitch that in a way that doesn't make them seem, um, if not out of touch, then like monomaniacally focused on these like strange culture war issues that people feel a little bit alienated by. I think Vivek has pretty broad appeal. He hits all of the the things. So I don't know if the the woke stuff is really going to be his his main focus. He's kind of a shapeshifter. He really he's he's basically what people were talking about with like uh after Trump there's going to be a more competent Trump sort of guy and he is he's very charismatic. He takes questions from people um in the crowd willingly and openly and and well. Uh so like I I don't know if he really I don't recall any of the questions being asked as uh, having anything to do with with any of the the woke stuff. It was more about federal budget stuff, honestly. <laughs> Snooze. <laughs> yeah, boring. Uh, yeah, I mean, Evan, we, when we talked about this the other night, your uh, your theory is that if Vivek were to win the primary, which he uh, assuredly oh. will not, but he it, for the general would pivot very hard the other way. Because it seems like he doesn't truly believe anything except for his own, uh, you know, ego. I mean, I'm sure he has some. I'm sure he has some really strong beliefs about, you know, IQ, racial <laughs> correlations. Like, I, so, that's probably like a, a bedrock belief. Everything else is negotiable. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his weird things is he wants to ban voting under the age of 25, which is a very funny thing. If you're like, you know, like his merch has like 1776. He's talking about revolution <laughs> and stuff. But then he's like, I want a constitutional amendment that basically bans voting if you're under the age of 25, unless you can pass a civics test that his or like parents join passed, the army or you join the military or you're a first responder. So he's, he's looking out for our first responders, <laughs> which is good, but one of the most insane proposals I've heard. But the thing is like, he's such a smooth talker that you might not even like a lot of the stuff he says, like doesn't even register. He's just captivating. It's like, he's really <laughs> the only one who's really channeling Trump in the same way. Yeah. It, it, like just for example, uh, it does feel like, 
bomb and uh, invade Mexico is a strong rhetorical raise on build the wall. Like you can't just say build the wall because Trump already said that you got to raise the ante mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. drone striking Juarez definitely does that. Yeah, that DeSantis pushed that pretty hard uh, when he was uh, talking to Kim. Um, yeah, a lot of the, the lesser candidates were like, we got to actually finish the wall. And that's boring at this point. You guys, yesterday's news. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And Vivek is like, he's talking about, he's like, I'm not for incremental reform. I'm for revolution versus pretty much every other candidate is talking about American decline. We got to reverse the decline. And, and Vivek is saying, the decline is not happening. Block that out of your minds, which is <laughs> way more powerful than any of the, the Ron DeSantis shit. Though I, I did want to talk about one of the other Vivek commandments. Uh, because it's such a perfect like conservative thing, which is the a, a thing that I had seen a few times. I actually had to DM Dave Weigel to figure out what the hell this means. But mm-hmm. the thing that says there are three branches of government, not four oh, yes. branches of government. When I cause I'd seen that burbling up in a few like conservative type memes, and at first I thought that that was a thing a, an attack on what like the fourth estate, like journalism yeah. and stuff. I, that's exactly that's what, I, literally or, or, what we said on our or, podcast. Or voters, <laughs> yeah, yeah, voters, voters, the fourth yeah. branch of government, but uh, it's the deep but state. It's like the bureaucracy. It's the deep oh, state. Okay. Yeah, it's the fourth branch is like the administrative state, which is it's funny mm-hmm. to me because it's basically like you're talking about like Trump, post-Trump Trumpism, in that you know. Uh, Vivek basically has to like gentrify the term deep state. Like deep state is too like <laughs> noited for the yes. the casual vo- voter. But you say no, no, no. It's the fourth branch of the fourth branch fourth of government. Meal. Yeah, the fourth meal of government that is uh, that is overtaking <laughs> everything. Which you know, there's somewhat of a point there. But uh, good, good luck thing. with there's that. There's some you know? truth to it. Yeah, yeah. These are people we we don't elect. It's yeah. a classic classic bait and switch because when you say that people are going to think things like, "Oh yeah, the CIA, the NSA, the FBI." But in practice, it just means like firing a bunch of like uh, energy s- department like secretaries, you know, like getting yes. rid of people who like stamp, uh, like uh, uh, who like uh, authorize people to go to Yellowstone Park at the Interior Department <laughs> yes. or something. Like that, and, then, and then like the remaining jobs get you know uh, contracted out to his buddies, and that's that's the war on the administrative state. Yeah, part of uh, what Vivek said at his uh, uh, soapbox speech uh, ties into that really well. He wants to shut down the FBI, and he said specifically that anyone with a desk job in the FBI needs to go get honest work in the private sector, and then all <laughs> field agents can become U.S. Marshals and things like that. <laughs> so he just wants to, I mean, like, yeah, like, this is the bait and switch Matt is talking about, because if it was like, if the policy was get rid of the FBI and CIA, sure, I'm listening. <laughs> but it's very clear here that he just wants to replace them with, like, worse versions of what already exists, like, replace the FBI with Raylan Givens. Just 10,000 yeah, yeah. Raylan Givens more spanning sheriffs. out across the yeah. country. To, yeah. yeah, just more sheriffs, more deputies. They're just like, uh, we need we need a locally based FBI. We don't need federal law enforcement, but we need their equivalent in every American town. Um, but like uh, subject to the authority of uh, the local cattle baron instead of the federal government. <laughs> I I was so taken by the, the message of abolishing the FBI that I actually purchased uh, a baseball cap from um, Perry Johnson. Perry, Perry Johnson. That, that he's selling a campaign hat that just says abolish the FBI. So I, I got suckered by that one. I heard you guys talking about this. This is like some kind of scam to get small number to enough small number donations to actually qualify mm-hmm. Perry Johnson's $1 store, the Perry Johnson dollar store. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Um, so you, you, I think you guys talked about this before, but like Doug Burgum is doing the thing where you can donate a dollar and get $20 back, which seems <laughs> questionably what? legal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Francis Suarez was doing the same thing. Gift cards yep. in exchange for yep. donations. He's already yeah. met the criteria or 40,000, but he hasn't pulled above 1%. So he might not be on the debate <laughs> stage. Yeah. And Perry well, uh, is, uh, is doing a thing where every single item on his campaign store is $1 free shipping. So we could fucking drain <laughs> this guy's fortune if we wanted to. Okay. Oh, and we, I know we've talked about Doug Burgum on the show and Francis Suarez, uh, mayor of Miami. <laughs> but I, I, I must have mentioned Perry Johnson and forgot who the fuck he was immediately after reading, oh, this guy's running for president. Who is Perry Johnson and like, what is his deal? Well, I talked. We talked to Dave Weigel. Actually, we were at the fair. Uh, he was there reporting for Semaphore. I think is where he's with. But yes, um, very nice I, guy. By the way, he's a very nice guy. But we we love Dave. I we compared love Dave. him to. 
He's basically the Tom Steyer of the Republican nomination this okay. year, except he has about cool one guy, of money. Actually, he's our favorite. He's my favorite freak that we witnessed. He's got like a permanent he's like fun. rictus grin. Uh, he just kind of See, just uh, like Tom Steyer. Yeah, yeah, really. He's happy to be there. He's really jazzed. His scheme to get into the debate was to throw on a big and rich concert. Uh, <laughs> where if you donate at least one dollar, you are allowed to go. It's at the Waterworks Park in Des Moines. Uh, it's like I think the largest public park maybe in the country. Uh, I think but that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 basically had this scam to go see a concert for one dollar. Apparently, he got his forty thousand donors, and he's like, "All right, it's free. We're having a yeah, party. Like anyone could come, even for free." Ride a horse, save so, a cowboy. That's unfortunately, it's too late. So yeah, you missed it if you didn't go. But yeah, that was nice of him. And you, you mentioned that he's the Tom Steyer of this Republican field. I mean, the Big and Rich concert. I, I, I just had like a like a flashback to when Tom Steyer got juvenile to fucking yeah, play yeah. one of his campaign yeah. rallies. Yeah. It was just like it was just it wasn't even really a campaign rally. It was just like a personal party for Tom Steyer and his family. Yeah, and it was, was juvenile like Carolina, going out there doing back that ass up. Yeah, yeah. 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 that was awesome. As Will mentioned earlier, like one of the points of the Iowa State Fair for all these politicians is to pitch themselves, you know, slightly adjusted for Iowa specific. But and I would say that the other thing that I got the main point of the Iowa State Fair is for candidates to test their ability to perform the uh, visage of normal humanity of, of, <laughs> of doing their best job of playing the role of normal human. And how, how does a guy like Perry Johnson, you know, live up to that role that he has to play? Or really definitely. any of these guys? How do how do they do they pass the uh, the, the I'm Turing not sure test? if he does. Is the He's definitely not a normal human. Perry's no. not a normal human. He does he had have a, tra guys. a charm though. Yeah. Yeah, he had hype guys. They're like, uh, "Is anyone want to talk to Perry Johnson, the presidential candidate?" Um, there was not many takers. Uh, yeah, there's. Oh, I should mention uh, Doug Burgum. Um, at some point during the fair, we saw him walking past us. No one else registered that this was a presidential candidate walking by, and I was like, "Hey, it's Doug Burgum. Hey, man!" And he did not even look at me. His staffer waved out. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Wow, yeah. big yeah. time in. Miss an opportunity yeah. to reach out to a young Iowa voter who is yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be. Oh, that this is supposed to be about retail politics, idiot. I know yeah. for real. Like that's the only reason you're here. Um, and the by the way, the Trump guy that I interviewed who lived in his car, he said that his second choice is Doug Burgum because <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. He said he's awesome too. That was the only reason. <laughs> yeah, that was his reasoning. Um, he's awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I mean, Chris brought up the, the part of the Iowa State Fair ritual is, yeah, like a, a appearing to be normal among the, the the literal and metaphorical swine of America. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to talk about the candidate who is thus far most like most ate shit on that crucial task for running for presidency. And that is Ron DeSantis. You said that Ron DeSantis was there basically to be beat up on by everyone. <laughs> and then Trump. Had a even when he wasn't there, he had like a like a plane flying. Uh, like what was the message? Be likable, Ron. <laughs> be Just normal. Yes. Yeah. Be normal, Ron. Cruising By around the, way, the fairgrounds. Ron is in the Jeb font with the exclamation point, which is yes. like oh, a really wow. beautiful twist on it. Killer. <laughs> yes. Still got it. Yeah. Still got it, folks. I mean, I, I saw footage of Ron. Uh, like, uh, just like sort of doling out hard-boiled eggs or something. Oh, like, what? Oh, wow. It's like, like out of, his, out of a fanny pack. A ninety-degree day is just here. Have a hard-boiled <laughs> egg. Oh, uh. Yeah, he was growing yeah, up pork chops. His uh, humanity is definitely under the most scrutiny right now. You know, he's <laughs> he's like he sees himself anyway as the number two, the only guy who could possibly overtake the big Don. But, he is uh, definitely number just, two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's just such a like unlikable dweeb. <laughs> and like you said, like that, uh, like he definitely has the most haters, like among you know Democrats, uh, lib brain people, MAGA people. But you know, Ron, yeah. he, he does have a contingent of a very specific kind of person. Could you talk about like the young DeSantis lads that uh, you were able to observe <laughs> uh, um, in his in his backwash? The Ron boys, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot more. Um, well, there's a ton of like young Republican probably works for Kim Reynolds's uh, administration. Um, more so on Friday, I overheard people speaking about um, 
lamenting childless adults and complaining about <laughs> vegan chorizo. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was very strange. Uh, were, were these were these like college age or teenager yep. kids complaining about yeah. childless adults? Yeah, they were younger than us. That's because th- that's what they know their future is going yeah, to be. Yeah. <laughs> They've looked into the crystal ball. I'm getting no pussy. <laughs> We need a government bu- girlfriend bureau, and Ron is the man to get one. Yeah, Ron's face is kind of like the the group chats where the N word comes up. Like those are yeah, 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 for sure. There were some protesters also at the Ron DeSantis Fairside chat. Um, He's the only one who attracted like a, a an organized protest. Yeah. What were people protesting about, Ron? He well, sucks. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's just the, whole way. So they were just hecklers. They were really protesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it was mostly. Uh, it was like liberals wearing uh, ray gun t-shirts. Do you guys know ray gun? Oh yeah, <laughs> ray gun. No, what's that? Uh, it's basically the lib- cringe liberal store in Iowa and <laughs> okay. the, the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, they make merch. I think they have other locations like Kansas City and Chicago, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. But it, it's shirts that a lot of liberals wear. There's a lot of like snarky stuff. Um, like I, I bought, we had like a gag gift exchange for Christmas on our podcast. And I gave Justin a gift that has a, as a t-shirt that says that's Dr. Jill Biden to you. Um, <laughs> that's a doctor. First oh, these lady, are, Jill Biden. These are a doctor first lady. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very cringy, but a lot of people like lap it up. Of course. So, so like, Those uh, were the people who were protesting Ron. They yes. were like blowing whistles and so, ringing bells and shit and yelling, you motherfucker. <laughs> Ron is getting bodied by like lib wine moms who have wear t-shirts like my other car is a DeLorean or something like that. <laughs> and it's a picture of a DeLorean like that Joe Biden is driving. Like that's yeah, the yeah, kind with of, the yeah, aviators, the yeah. 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 You you say you were describing that your uh, your other co-host who can't be here Natalie was wearing a particularly mm-hmm. in, uh, politically <laughs> insane outfit. Yeah, that was another one that that was an Evan find. <laughs> I, I got her a Reagan test print t-shirt which is just basically all of their graphics printed on the same t-shirt uh the only thing on this one is that the sleeve had a saying that said i'd rather have come on my face uh which i'm pretty sure was like it was supposed to be printed on a mask for covid but uh, it, ended up on the, uh, it ended up on the test print so yeah i think it said you have a little edge your content but uh they, yeah. it was spencer's gifts for it a was Democrat. on her t-shirt um she also had a we haven't talked about ryan Binky, Binkley. Yeah, Ryan gonna, Binky. You don't really need to Ryan. know about <laughs> Ryan Binky. Okay, who who is Ryan Binkley? Ryan Binky. Ryan Binky. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a preacher. Like even I yeah. don't know, and I just saw the man. He he's a mega a church, church guy. Yeah, he's a mega he, church guy. He's um, very boring. His shirts. Well, so like half the t-shirts and stuff said believe, like very mm-hmm. non-descriptive. But then the other stuff he was selling was WTF. It's just a hat that says WTF on it, and then it says underneath "Way to Freedom," um, yeah. which which is like a pack he runs or something. Yeah, it's very confusing and like really like it has Binkley twenty four in the back, but you're not gonna. You're not going to notice that probably. Yeah. Um, that's attention with the WTF. It's very confusing because it's like way to freedom as in, hey, this is the way to freedom or way to freedom. Yeah. Hey, man, way to freedom, way to freedom brother. Way I don't to know. Freedom, bro. <laughs> yeah. I just really hope he gets in the, the well, Trump's not going to debate. It's a very bummer because I'm just imagining him going, we got Ryan Binky here. What is Ryan yeah. Binky doing yeah. here? <laughs> Who is Ryan Binky? Way to freedom to spelled to T-O-O. Yeah. That's who I would freedom. love to see that. Yeah, way yeah. too much freedom. Um, his whole <laughs> campaign thing is about like reinvigorating our faith in America. It's he's nothing. Don't worry about we're it. Gonna, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna revive all those George W. Bush bo- voters. We're gonna go into the graveyards with the uh, with the, the the defibrillator and bring him back to life. All right. What about um, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, Mister Mister Crypto, Mister Miami Coin? Yeah. Was he was he shilling any of his Miami coins in Iowa? Or I mean, like, how is he how is he taking his his management of the South Florida city of Miami? How is he how's that playing in Des Moines, Iowa? Not well. His pitch was was really not well. Uh, it was not going over well with the crowd. In fact, we were. He was right like, up "Hey, front anyone here like no surfboarding? How about paddleboarding?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he so something that Kim Reynolds was doing at these fairside chats. It was all just a very softball type of uh, conversations. Uh, she would ask each candidate the quick three 
near the end of her conversation with them. The first of which was, tell us a funny thing that's happened to you on the campaign trail. And this is See, how he's relating the, to the Iowans. About being normal people. This is like, yeah. um, oh, got the Voight comp test yeah. for, for candidates. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. right, look me in the eye. Has anything amusing <laughs> ever happened to you in your entire life? And it's going to take yeah. like at least half of these guys, like the gears are going to start burning in their head, you know? Oh, you're yeah. going to love yeah. his answer. Well, I was walking through the uh, the the sunblasted desolation of the Iowa State Fairgrounds and I saw a turtle on its back struggling to flip itself over and I laughed at that. I laughed for hours. We had a good that was chuckle. amusing. Yeah. <laughs> but his this is how he's relating to the common uh Iowan voter is his funny story which he even prefaced by saying, I don't know if this is funny or not. Uh, his funny story <laughs> is that it actually takes him longer to get from campaign events back home to other events and whatever. It takes him longer on his private jet than it does for these other candidates who have rented buses. Oh, oh. <laughs> man. Wait, but this guy's a preacher with a private jet. Jesus Christ. No, this is a well, Suarez. Is, oh, Suarez. This is Suarez. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, he's a, the mayor minute, of what Miami. What the hell is he doing with a private jet? What's he doing it's, with a private yeah, jet? Same question. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing with a private jet? <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, yeah. he's uh, making a making some uh, campaign stops in uh, Bogota, <laughs> yeah. in Bogota to Miami. His his appeal that he told to the again very old Iowa caucus or Iowa State Fair crowd was that he can appeal to young voters, he can appeal to urban voters, and he can appeal to Latinos, of which he was the only one uh, that I could see. Um, <laughs> He's young, 45. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, after the, the one of the other three fun questions I ask is like, what's your favorite walkout music? Which he <laughs> answered with like my part of town, which I don't know what that is. But then he changed it to "The Streets Have No Name" by U two, which was <laughs> very funny and very out of touch. And uh, Justin, he had a little nice moment with Justin <laughs> because we were like, yeah. we're "Like hell yeah, we're big like U two heads uh, in the crowd." It's only young people there. Yeah, Francis and I gave a knowing U uh, two nod to each other. Octoon <laughs> yeah. yeah. baby. <laughs> All right. Um, how about how about a candidate who uh, a lady who I'd like I would regard like in if Trump had never happened and like, you know, the, the, the Republican Party continued on its sort of like Mitt Romney, John McCain, uh, Jeb uh, trajectory I, that I would regard as being like probably like a, a front runner or having a good chance of winning the nomination. Nikki Haley. What was Nikki yeah. Haley like, and what's what's her pitch to voters? Because she's like sort of like uh, holding that hold, holding down that neocon brand a little bit. How would you describe Nikki Haley's relationship to Iowa and the fair? Well, I made my first of a few trips to the porta potty during Nikki Haley, so Evan <laughs> might have more more of a memory of this. Yeah, you didn't miss much there. Um, <laughs> she was very very boring um she started out talking about how she grew up in south carolina they only have street two street lights in her town it's the sort of thing that connects to iowa blah 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 um, you're, she you're did, a bunch of dirt people too aren't you <laughs> yeah we are dirt people um so you got you know. cement around here yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, she was very boring. She did. Yeah, she did get in a little bit more of the national security. Of course, all the candidates were talking about China and all the things they're doing. Francis Suarez was talking about how they're going to read our emails. But hers was even like less specific than That's that. She was like, she's like, they have a code that they've put on government computers that will allow China access to our computer networks. But it's undetectable. <laughs> so it was like just complete gibberish. I'm sure like if, if they, you're China has years successfully old, created be. the entity. Yeah. They, <laughs> they have achieved the singularity. We uh, are way far behind on, on that technology and we need to, we need to shape up. Here's my campaign manager, Isai Morales. <laughs> oh. They're going to do Chinese Y2K to our, our banking system. <laughs> They'll be like, why year 5,000? <laughs> this is when the uh, Ron DeSantis Dragon uh, K. lane started flying around. So I think most people were, were more captivated by just like, yeah. oh, look, there's a plane with a funny banner on it than, than anything just, she had to say. Yeah, we were just watching the banner fly by. It's way more compelling. I can hear them calling hogs in the clear Iowa air. I can sniff the fragrant whiff of an Iowa rose. You've got Iowa in your heart. I've got Iowa in my hair. I've got Iowa in my ears and eyes and nose. 
Now, obviously, like uh, the Republican field is uh, is like that's where the action is. But like, lest we forget, yeah. there's still there's a Democratic primary too. And you know, uh, Joe Brandon, I don't he he didn't show up at all to the Iowa State Fair, right? Nah, oh, he's too scared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it is. Um, but but we got Marianne Williamson and RFK Jr. Um, just talk a bit about them. Yeah, I mean, Chris, you kind of like hyped up Marianne a lot. You you told me that she's you've seen her speak live and she was uh, very yeah, captivating, we've, right? We've seen her speak a few times, and yeah. Matt and I saw her uh, at a venue out here in L.A. in March, and maybe it was just the venue, and maybe it was that you know she she was just starting out, but she, it was the, the 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 tone there was pretty electric, yeah, right? it's like a mm. like a preacher deal. Okay. And again, she has like yeah, her like kind of spiritual, somewhat vaguely social democratic pitch. I mean, when it when he, she doesn't have to be specific about it, the the good vibes can carry. Or the positive vibes for the future can carry like her along. Like at the uh, Iowa the soapbox last time, she talked about how we needed to slam it. Yes, we, we do to need slam to slam it hard. Okay. She, she said that. reason that one. Yeah. yeah, she closed with that this time around. Oh, uh, yeah, no, and that's, that's, that's her move. Yeah, that was one of the, the best parts. So she did end on a high note. But um, yeah, my impression was that she's kind of toned down from last time. Like she's really just sort of like, doing a watered down Bernie 2016 like uh you know we're, we've been living under 50 years of corporate dominance uh that value profits over safety health and well-being I mean she's saying stuff that is like totally agreeable to me but I was there to see her talking about like the the great battle of good versus evil and the the dark mm-hmm. spirit that has taken over America that yeah. needs to be vanquished you know yeah that's the best stuff when she gets like real uh, Tolkien about it. Yeah. Like when she's talking Mordor. <laughs> yes. That, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. And that we need like a spiritual revolution of love to overcome the, the dark forces that, that pervade uh, our, our demonic uh, government, you know? There's a disappointing lack of that. Yeah. She's sort of repressing that now, it seems. Oh, yeah. You know, she's, she's tacking to the center so that she could, you know, <laughs> appeal to undecided voters and maybe win this thing. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely helping her to, to tone down the only thing that makes her notable. Um, <laughs> one phrase she used that I really did enjoy was, uh, we need to reclaim the rambunctiousness of the American spirit. <laughs> That's something we, we I can believe because we, 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 we will more, run by the pool. We need more rapscallions. <laughs> running around yeah, and getting yeah. into mischief and shenanigans. We need to resist bedtime. um and then uh the the other democratic candidate um rfk jr now you said that as far as like tailoring his his pitch and his general like uh presence to the iowa crowd you said rfk jr did a quite a good job of that yeah i I feel like uh the way that i've been talking about this is it appealed to me very strongly i don't know how well it would play with just people in general but for me, I'm a Bobby boy now. And, and what was it that Bobby uh, won you over with? He spent basically his entire speech talking about carbon capture pipelines, which are uh, you know being heavily promoted by the Biden administration and are coincidentally charting. Yeah, like are proposed to be put right through the heart of our state. It's like pulls at like 20% in favor of this. Um, conservatives hate it because of eminent domain. They're taking, taking farmers' lands away from them to put a carbon capture pipeline and then, you know, lefties hate it because it's like just being supported by the fossil fuel industry as like a stopgap measure so they can keep fracking and, and drilling. Um, this is one he, of the few uh, subjects that has drawn together a bit of like a left right alliance among engaged people in our state. And that's what RFK Jr. is all about. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. all about <laughs> he's all about the wedge issues that are going to you know hurt Democrats the most. So that they're most likely to be mad about him talking about. Um, and you also said that, like, uh, uh, like another 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 pitch on his uh, on his soapbox speech was um, the fact that um, firms like BlackRock are just like buying up all the available property, like land and housing in America, and you know, I mean, like that's a terrifying thing to think about. And I, I suppose, like, yeah, like some some political candidate should be talking about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was BlackRock, and then what were the other uh, firms? Uh, Vanguard and State Street are the three that he repeatedly mentioned. Yeah, he was hitting that over and over, how there's like a handful of these very small 
organizations that are strip mining America uh, for their own profits at the expense of everybody else. And they own everything and they're they're just continuing to accumulate more and more of this country and decimating the rest of us. And we can get behind that. <laughs> I mean, but like, uh, did he go further? Like, did he have a, a prescription to like how to deal with the Black Rocks of uh, like, you know, of our time, like the, these robber barons and people who are strip mining America and selling it for parts? That's a no. good question. Uh, no. <laughs> it was more just telling us what the problem is. I think he's more about just scrambling people's brains for whatever purpose. He's a very strange thing. It did work yeah. on us because it's like, yeah, those are important issues. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what RFK can do about it. I, he got a lot of points for me by for um, saying the name Bruce Rastetter on a Des Moines Register soapbox stage across the street from a farm bureau tent. Uh, Bruce Rassiter is like a big figure in like industrial agriculture business in Iowa. And he used to be on the, the board of regents that governs like the educational institutions in our state simply because he's like friends with our former governor and donated a bunch of money to him. So he's like a, a huge, you know, figure that you can focus all of your like hatred of corruption on. And the fact that, uh, you know, RFK knows who that is and said his name in front of a group of people like, that won me over quite a bit. That's yeah. That's like that's that's Iowa bonus points. He's uh, he's playing to the <laughs> yeah. crowd. He, he knows yeah. what Iowans care yeah. about. There there yeah. was a big crowd as well. He, he had a good good. Uh, there are people chanting Bobby when he came up. Mm-hmm. He draws all the the Kennedy nostalgia fans. <laughs> Uh, Bobby, just uh, don't exit through the uh, the pork chop <laughs> on a stick kitchen when you have to tell with your speech. Yeah, there's a lot. Keep an eye. He brought his own security. Yeah, he brought also. three very oh, prominent, good. very obvious bodyguards uh, who <laughs> we tried talking to, but they were just giving us the British Royal Guard treatment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not taking any chances this time. No. Um, He's well protected. Oh, I guess I. I, I wait. I forgot about one of the Republican candidates, uh, Larry Elder. You mentioned him briefly. Oh, yes. like, you know, he's yes. another another woke warrior. He ran for governor uh, out here in California, and I guess right. he's like you know he's a, a resetting uh, to you know I guess uh, raise his profile a little bit more running for president. I mean, it's obviously not going anywhere. But like Larry <laughs> Elder, talk radio host, kind of black conservative. Um, what, what, what what was any juice there with Larry? No, <laughs> I mean uh, <laughs> he's. Uh, I guess uh, when he was running for governor, like some newspaper or something must have called him the black face of white supremacy, which is a <laughs> phrase he used in front of us uh, and then proceeded to talk about uh, the epidemic of fatherlessness and like FBI black on black crime statistics. So he's living up to the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he ran for governor in the recall it lost by 30 fucking points and then it's like next stop the white house <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, I mean i don't think that these people could be that delusional right so what what is he hoping they to just, gain it, by there's no downside you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. if anybody sees out. you if yeah if if, if, if uh, somebody might buy your book or your supplements or give you a job on a TV station that, that, that there's no downside. You cannot embarrass yourself by running for president. That's what Trump proved to everybody. So you might as well yeah. do it. If you got nothing else going on, go for it. Yeah. And he is a media guy, you know, radio. So, you yeah. know, maybe he can just get a Fox news gig out of it. Now, like outside, outside, like the, the political side show, how about just some sort of on the ground, like flavor, like what, what were, what were some of the cooler attractions, like things to see and do at the Iowa state fair? Like, yeah. I mean, because like, were the chain smokers there again? Cause they were there when we were, uh, new kids on the block performed. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the other day it was one of the guys from Florida, Georgia line, but not both of them. Not sure if it was a Florida <laughs> or Georgia. Um, the, the chicks formerly Dixie, uh, were there, uh, also Jason, Chris, I know he's flying high right now. Yeah. Yeah. Luda. Yeah. One, one, uh, attraction that, uh, I don't think we've talked about on Mike was, uh, the, the seatbelt convincer. (laughs) 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 Was it the state patrol that, that brought that out? Yeah. It's an Iowa department of transportation, uh, event or, you know, stand where they, had a contraption that would convince you to wear a seatbelt um, that, that our friend Justin uh, rode to. Yeah, it's, Were you convinced? Not fully. And I can tell you why. Um, <laughs> this is basically, it simulates a collision at five to 10 miles per hour. And what it is, is like a, just a, a seat on like a, a trailer 
that's just tips and then they let the seat go and it, it slides down slowly and you you feel the okay. impact but they wouldn't let me do it without the seatbelt. Like that's what okay. would really convince me. If I <laughs> if I understand what happens to me when I don't wear the seatbelt, then with the seatbelt, and then I can compare, and then I will know. I will be convinced one way or the other. Yeah, it's not a proper uh, experiment without a B. Exactly. <laughs> without a control. control. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that reminds me of uh, my experience in like the Iowa State Trooper um, a sponsored uh, drug trailer. Where oh, it was yes. like a trailer that you walk into and you're sort of escorted around by an Iowa State trooper and it's supposed to um, be like mimic a teenager's bedroom. And like there are like 50 different places in which you can hide drugs in it. And they just go through like, this is what you look for. Like, this is where a bong might be. Or like, hey, this book. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's they cut out the pages so that they can put like meth and crack in it or whatever. <laughs> and then we did, we did the, the like the drunk goggles thing where you have to walk along a line. And it's like, this is what it's this is what driving is like after four beers. And I was like, it's not for me. But I can handle <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another place we went was the uh, like the animal learning center where they have a bunch of baby animals. Uh, we had a child with us at the time, but mm-hmm. when we went in there, we we noticed that they have like a ton of like flat screen television panels. Oh my god! It's basically yeah. like a sports bar, except it was just showing <laughs> animal, TV. like livestock births. Like <laughs> it was like it's on a, it's on a loop over and genuinely over. Genuinely very disturbing. In addition to like you know all the other animals, like they have like mother pigs like in this like cage like feeding their little piglets it was kind of disturbing this is, honestly yeah. this is the ronda santa's propaganda about childless adults they're like <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. America. Get, get, let's get our brood mares ready <laughs> yeah just imagine you like i don't know a five foot screen that everyone can see playing a video of like a goat wandering around in a circle with half of a baby goat hanging out of its, <laughs> yeah. its backside. A and very a, wet and the, baby goat. The baby, you know, drops a foot and a half to the ground, followed by some sack of dark fluid. This is what they were showing to everyone. Children. Now and they were letting some... kids watch this? That's and this I is know. to promote the pork industry. This is to and promote to ban the books and shit. <laughs> nice. Then wash it all down with a pork chop on a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is how how the food is made, folks. This is where it starts. There were giant, giant mother uh, pigs feeding just piles of baby pigs, and it was uh, it was harrowing to witness because they, <laughs> the last giant pig we saw looked way too human. Like the color of its skin oh, no. was like this, the same as me, and it had like dark hair covering its its giant <laughs> abdomen. well i mean i I gotta ask like i think the the marquee attraction of the iowa state fair of course the butter cow how were the butter sculptures this year i didn't make it over there we were lost a lot of the the time (laughs) it's very disconcerting it's it's wild walking around there so the thing with the butter cow is like once you've seen it you've seen it and the thing about it also is that (laughs) really they, they make the same they melt the butter that they use a previous year like it's reused butter. Like it's it's yeah, rancid, disgusting ancient butter. Good God! <laughs> I saw. I didn't see this in person, but I saw photos of this. Um, uh, Caitlin Clark was like the star women's basketball player at the University of Iowa this season, and there was a, a butter sculpture of her. And I don't. I don't mean to be How flattering. I don't mean to be rude to the people who made it, but it's it's not a very good likeness. It, it was so <laughs> sad to look at. <laughs> See, this is tragic to me that they're reusing old butter, just this disgusting wall of of rancidness behind a, a, a plastic. After they display these things, they should make them new every year, and then after they display them for a while, they should like roll them out at like some sort of like corn festival or something, just, and you just like roll the corn cob along like the yeah. back of the cow or something, and everybody gets to interact with it by putting some on their fucking corn cobs. Yeah, Why are they not doing this? You. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if, this, if this is supposed to be a celebration of our state to make us really feel like one big community together, yeah, the expectation should be that we all ingest the butter sculptures. You got to eat the butter cow. How how about this? This is my body. A how about <laughs> Iowa should start doing uh like a, a wicker man style scenario except with the, a giant butter cow. 
and then everyone one lucky Iowan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, and Doug yeah, Burgum so, is, yeah. is going in the wicker cow. Yeah, whoever, this year. When you, whoever loses <laughs> whoever the, uh, the, the lowest, straw yeah. poll, yeah, yeah. Oh, goes, in the, goes in the wicker cow. <laughs> all the all, all, all the all the Iowans and ferret goers, they just stand around in a big circle, singing songs and just waiting with like a lobster tail in <laughs> yeah, their hand, singing some straw songs. Yeah. <laughs> There, there was one other attraction. Uh, this was also it was part of the political circus, but it, I, d- I don't want it to go unmentioned that uh, Dennis Kucinich was present. So, oh yeah, oh, yeah. RFK's campaign. Every, RFK's camp, yeah. was, camp, running yeah. the campaign. You said he held up a piece of paper. Yeah, what is yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Bobby brought him out on stage. He said, "Hey, everybody, I'm going to bring Dennis Kucinich out." And I was excited. I mean, I. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were Kucinich all excited. We all love Dennis. We love yeah, Dennis. Yeah. I will say he's. He's lost a lot of his uh, his impish sort of elvish glow that he had when he was a younger man. But, um, yeah, he looks like an old frail man, which is kind of what he is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the shine has got his uh, his mithril has been tarnished but, over the years. But, but Bobby uh, introduced him as his Vanna White. Uh, oh yeah, those words. <laughs> And had yeah. him come out and not hold Cheryl a Hines. Map what the Iowa. fuck? Yeah, I, I was know. pissed that Cheryl was we, not. We were there. looking for her. Yeah. Couldn't find her. Yeah, all these oh. other guys are dr- dragging their wives out on stage. Like, if Bobby did the same, he'd be like, the polls. Oh, he'd get a jump huge up. pop from that. Yeah, you can overtake sure. Biden at that point. Uh, but, but yeah, Dennis did not say a word. He was <laughs> holding a visual aid, a map of Iowa that shows where the carbon capture pipelines go. That was his only role. Now, were the the, the ray gun wearing uh, lib, <laughs> lib moms, were they out and present in support of? Uh, Bobby or Marianne like like is there genuine excitement for these people over Biden does it seem or is it more just like oh I'll just see this guy speak no uh, well there is an RFK contingent but mm. uh, it's mostly nostalgia for the Kennedy family the it's like boomer liberals who or they're just vaccine weirdos maybe um, yeah he does have <laughs> yes. he does have a bit of a of a following but uh, yeah for the most part I mean, it's either reporters watching these events or like weirdos like us. Yeah, <laughs> there were a few Marianne like diehards there, which was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, people were receptive to it, but there wasn't like, you know, everyone knows what the the writing on the wall is. So it's not really too much to get worked up yeah. about. And the, um, the Democrats I, aren't even uh, putting Iowa first this year, so it's not nearly as important for them. I will say one yeah. other thing that we did at the fair was talk to the Iowa Libertarian gubernatorial candidate, Rick Stewart, uh, who ran in 2020. Uh, his lieutenant... 2022. 2022, yeah. His Sorry. lieutenant governor, thank you. Uh, his lieutenant governor uh, has endorsed RFK Jr., uh, which is <laughs> on Reddit. <laughs> like he's on Reddit. That was the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. That was the announcement on the like R slash Iowa subreddit. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, those are the kind of people who are into RFK. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned that the Democrats are not they're, they're not putting Iowa first for the caucus this year. I mean, after the debacle in, in 2020, I think they're I mean, like, it's hard to go back on it, to that. But like I guess just in overall, like the Iowa caucus as this kind of like the the starting gun for uh, the American presidential elections and the Iowa voter being courted on a national level. You guys do an Iowa-based political podcast. You're native Iowans. How would you describe the like the the Iowa mindset, like the Iowa voter that like these politicians every four years have to cater to and like kiss their asses? What's the what's the key to the heart of the Iowan voter? Pizza ranch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the, the caucus is becoming more of a Republican thing now because the Democrats have changed their schedule as uh, they're punishing us for fucking it up. It was our fault. It wasn't it wasn't the, the party meddling and trying to use an app that they weren't ready for. <laughs> um, your average Iowa voter hates all of these people that come through here every four years. <laughs> What what wins us over? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, this is becoming for people who are politically engaged. This is, is becoming a more and more right wing electorate. So what's winning them over right now is like parental rights over their children. Like yeah. you don't get to read <laughs> books at school that I didn't approve of. You don't get to, you know, reconcile any sort of gender dissonance between your body and mind without me knowing it and stopping it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the they have gone very hard on on social issues, anti LGBT and and racial 
uh, education issues. That's that's the big thing right now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah you, you <laughs> great, said, wonderful. <laughs> you said in your wrap up podcast that like you know, and and I guess my general question is what from what you saw this weekend seems to be the uh, the future of the Republican Party. But yeah, you said on your show that it was a very and this is obviously something that's been going on for a while. And we've been talking about it for le- at length for a long time, but just how disconcerting it was, how fully adopted and ingested as like a core part of the Republican constituency, the, the anti-trans, the gay panic stuff is that it's like more and more from every candidate you saw, like a load bearing part of the ideology of every person who got up on that stump. There's this activist group. Uh, I think it's more of a broader Midwest thing, but it's called moms for Liberty and, and they've been really pushing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awful. It's, it's like, this is like the wedge issue that they've selected for now. And I know that uh, on your show, you you've noted that that kind of backfired on them in the midterms. Like your average person nationally thinks that that's like fucking weird to make that such a major part of your message. And it's repulsive to like hate uh, such a small minority of people and scapegoat them in this way. But uh, it's working here (laughs) as far as I can tell. Anytime moms get involved and, and organized, you know, uh, the gas chambers are not far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they're doing book bans. There's like a state law here where uh, if if a parent complains about a book in the school library, it, it joins a registry statewide and it, the, the legislature has to review the book, whether it's appropriate for school aged children. What do you need that shit for if you, you can just watch a cartoon of a rapping Frederick Douglass on PragerU <laughs> in your social studies class. That's right. Good that's enough. Right. Yeah. F- Florida and Iowa are on similar trajectories right now, I think. Ron DeSantis liked to point that one out. He's like, Florida is, or Iowa is the Florida of the North, which I'm not sure. <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought he was from Western that Pennsylvania. That's where he got his... <laughs> Oh God, he's such a whore. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I will say the biggest uh, applause line that consistently across every candidate was "Debolish, abolish the abolish the Department of Education." Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. they are really into that, and it definitely does tie in with the the trans stuff for sure and the wokeness. But you know, indoctrinating our sort of sort of a federalist argument that uh, this should not be run by a federal uh, a department a federal department. It should be up to the states to decide how uh, resources are spread out and, and what's allowed to be taught in schools. We also have a private school voucher system now that, that passed earlier this year. Yeah. I mean, that's the real long-term point of all this is just get rid of public schools. Yeah. Yeah. And, or just leave that as like a remnant that is essentially child jail and then everybody (laughs) else gets their flavor of private school. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I would like to accrue for myself the ability to ban certain books and works of art, but you know, I mean, that's me. And I should be allowed to do that. These moms, yeah. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the fucking giving tree, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, books should have to pass a makes certain Makes me cry every of, time. A certain threshold of like uh, entertainment value to, to be allowed in children's uh, libraries. Uh, uh, Clifford, the big red dog. Not, 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 not in this town. Try, try that in a small town, Clifford. <laughs> if big ass dog too, fucking putting you down. Too big for this, too big for this yeah. small town. <laughs> all right uh evan and justin i want to thank you so much for uh going to the iowa state fair and uh joining us to uh share your uh observations on this uh you know uh yeah wicker man like ritual of american politics it was a pleasure uh big fan of your show since the early days so this was a yeah real fun opportunity for me i will uh i will recommend Rock Hard Caucus. I check in every, uh, every now and then. Uh, you guys do a good job keeping a, keeping an eye on Iowa that it's become much more of a fascination for me since we went to the state fair for four years ago. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, did, didn't you guys recently like get in a public fight with a local po- politician on your podcast? Uh, or, like get we've, censored or something? We've had a handful of these these big events. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for such a a specific subject and such a small audience uh our show does tend to piss off uh a certain kind of person uh outsized influence in that way yeah there was a a county supervisor last summer who got extremely mad about something that a guest of ours said on a 
Patreon episode. Uh, at the time we had, I, be- I believe, That's 75 wow. subscribers. 75 people heard that. <laughs> well, I, and, I, uh, as far yeah, as far as you can have a, a praxis as a podcast, I consider uh, pick it, pissing off public officials enough that they have to make a statement about your Patreon episodes. Uh, that's podcast practice, praxis. So uh, yeah, I'm yeah. a big supporter of the Rock Hard Caucus. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, and Thank we got uh, local, local TV news to say the words Rock Hard Caucus on air. And yes. my mother-in-law Excellent. saw yes. it live. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Evan and Justin, once again, thanks so much for coming on the show. And everyone, please check out Rock Hard Caucus. We will have uh, links, uh, appropriate links in the show description. Cheers, guys. Right on. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good one. We're from all-